following is a special presentation of the Benefit of the Dowd podcast. From Chicago, it's the Doubting Thomas podcast with Clifton Thomas and your host, Welcome to the Doubting Thomas Yearly Recap. And you might be thinking to yourself, Doubting Thomas Yearly Recap? That's not a thing. Well, it is now because we are at the end of the year. And that if this is a Doubting Thomas Yearly Recap, that must mean that we have a Clifton Thomas along with us. So say hi, Cliff. Had to get my hand in frame so the people... Yeah, I know. It's a very narrow. It's a very narrow frame. I might be able to do something about that, but I'm really too lazy. And because this is a yearly recap, it's a special broadcast, so we have to bring on a special guest, and it has absolutely nothing to do with the fact that I have the memory of a goldfish. So say hello to my birthday buddy, Phil Nickinson. Hello, Phil. What does remembering my name have to do with your memory? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> I forgot actually, and that's how bad it is. Fair so enough. no, I just see the thing is like when it comes to like yearly recaps and stuff like that, I tend to not do those just because like oh it happened two weeks ago. I don't even remember what 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 happened. Who are you? You know? Yeah, I'm, so, I'm not like, a fan of like the arbitrary dateline on years because yeah, it's not like it's not like I, I wrote something about that at some point. I was like, hey guys, 2021 is gonna suck too. Like it's just right. Everything's not gonna be okay. And you know, 2022 is not looking so great <laughs> so and <laughs> and so like um i made the joke at the beginning of this year like are we sure this isn't like 2020 parentheses one close parentheses like you know what you get when you accidentally copy a folder and so now i'm thinking that next year is going to be 2020 too <laughs> so yeah that's right i'm full of, come for the uh come for the comedy stay for the dad jokes um but uh, yeah so this is uh this is the Doubting Thomas yearly recap, and it's, a, and it's a chance to, since it's the last broadcast of the year, it's a chance to kind of look back and see if we can remember everything that happened, because it was a lot. And, you know, I was kind of going over our episodes just to kind of put together a very rough general outline that, for the record, Phil, we do not have to stick to, so don't worry about it. Um, but, like, just a very general outline of, like, significant things that happened over this year, and I've got things like OnePlus 9, Sony Xperia Mark 5, Solong LG, Z Fold 2. I did not want this to be a phone podcast, but I am who I am, and here we are. I mean, it, it seems like like every significant thing that we talked about, I mean, yeah. It's just like the only things on this list that aren't phones are... Perseverance and Ingenuity landing on Mars in February, which I can't believe that was February. That was a long time ago. That was a long freaking time ago. And they've been doing a lot of cool stuff since then. And then, like, we have uh, the Metaverse in November. Like, that happened, kind of. Has it? Or is, Has it really? Is, it is happening. <laughs> so, maybe. Um, Should and we then, talk about like, the fact that, like, like, this is year number three or four that like I'm not doing phones and I don't care about phones anymore. We can, we can, yet my blood talk pressure is still sky high. I haven't figured that out yet. That's true. I mean, like I'm just saying you did work for like, you know, Android central for all that time, but I did, <laughs> but um, ironic. Yeah. So maybe coming out the other end now that you're at digital trends, which by the way, congratulations on making that transition. Hey, so are so. you for that matter. 
Yes, yes. And so that's a significant thing that happened this year is we both work for um, former colleague and current boss, Andrew Martinick. So that's nice. Um, Talk about everything he knows. Well, and, and in my case, he's not—he's not even like my boss. He's like my boss's boss's boss. Yeah, well, same here, actually. I'm, I'm, yeah, right. I'm farther down uh, the rung than I used to be. Maybe it's a different yeah, ladder, no. though. But you Far know, different. it's a different ladder, and there's room for advancement, and that's all you can ask for, right? Well, we were just saying, like, the older I get, the less work I want to do. So yeah. So I mean, like, it's, all it's told, a staged retirement rather than just yeah. cutting off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There you go. And, and willing but, at that. <laughs> but like all told, I mean. From a technology standpoint, it's been not not too bad a year. I mean, honestly, like, you know, we, we're making the jokes at the beginning of the show that it's like all like 2020, you know, take two. But I mean, like, I'm, I'm actually doing OK now. I mean, <laughs> I think I think things have improved at least personally for me. Things have improved significantly from the beginning of 2021. So, you know, you know, what's not on your list that really should be. And I, okay. I hate yeah. to take this out of the, the, the nerd fun tech realm, yeah. but mRNA vaccines should be on this list. Absolutely. You know, I'll be honest. I had it on the list. Yeah. Um, I mean, not, like, not specifically MNRA, but, um, or as the Stuff You Should Know podcast calls them, Mr. Nah podcast. Um, uh, uh, sorry, Mr. Nah vaccinations. I did have it on the list, like the fact that we are all vaccinated now, or... I assume the three of us are all vaccinated. As for the rest of the U.S., that's a developing story, to put it nicely. Um, but, uh, yeah, I did have it on the list. So, yeah, that's definitely something that we can talk about. Um, I would say the vaccines are kind of a mixed bag. <laughs> because Yes like, and no. I mean, it, it depends on the context in which you're looking at them. Um, right. Like, everybody loves to give, you know, the J&J vaccine crap. But, you know, like... If it stood on its own and that's all we had, it'd still be pretty good. Oh, um, yeah. You know, in the context of, of, of it's not even competing, but but what else is in the field here just in the U.S.? Um, yeah, the other ones are doing better. And and it's about, you know, how do you get the best option to the most people? Um, there's a, a, if you don't follow Andy Slavitt on Twitter or listen to his podcast uh, called In the Bubble, uh, it's excellent. It's a really good, like, consumer level um, look at all this stuff and like how it works and, and just makes it really not just relatable, but understandable, um, you know, non-political and, and just super important to do that. My, my 11 year old daughter actually ended up in a trial this year. Um, in a trial. Oh, yeah, oh, oh. <laughs> in a vaccine. Trial. She was sued. Okay, she like... killed six people. No, uh, no, she ended up in a vaccine <laughs> trial cause she wasn't quite okay. old enough, you know, to get the, the 12 year old up you know, version that uh, okay. my other daughter mm. did. Uh, and we got her into a trial. And it was really interesting learning the process. And like, mm. you know, like when people have said this was rushed and there wasn't enough testing, like they don't know what they're talking about. Um, you know, I mean, let, you, let's take this opportunity. Can you talk about that a little bit? Like, what was that experience like? Yeah, I mean, and, and they don't want you like sharing, you know, big details. But like in broad strokes, like there's a bunch of paperwork. Um, I bet. <laughs> and and, you know, there, there are a bunch of, like, you know, just basic, like, health tests they do. And her pediatrician was there for the first round of it just because that's how we got into it. She was involved with it. Um, you know, so we talked about it. And, and they had been – it was really interesting because they had been learning the scientific method in school. So okay. it was perfect timing because, like, here's the application of all that stuff and, and why you do tests, you know, for things – like, they're doing pregnancy tests on, you know, 
preteens if they need to, because because that's part of the process. And we had to, right. to explain that, like you're taking out variables. She's like, Dad, I'm not pregnant. I know you're not, we, but we that's know. not the point. <laughs> um, and then we know, but do we know? Yeah, you know, I will be the last to know. You know, but yeah. but then we're talking about you know the different cohorts and and maybe you got the vaccine or maybe you got the placebo mm. and mm. you know my kid being as smart as she is says well I didn't have any side effects so I probably had the placebo and sure enough she did okay um, so it was they, a double blind and I'm kind yeah. of surprised that they told you about it afterwards well uh, so they, you- no they gave us the option to unblind after it was approved for emergency use for that age group. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because the idea is you want to, you know, be able to get kids. Want to know if your daughter's vaccinated? Yeah, totally. Um, well, you that's know, true. And, yeah. and while she was, while we didn't know, we treated her as if she wasn't, and made her sleep in the backyard. And you know, it's the safe thing as we to all do, do. Never mind the wolves and the bears. Right. Um, no, the the whole I thing mean, is you're really in Florida. So there's a le- yeah. some legit concerns there. No, there are actually bears like in neighborhoods like ten miles away. I was thinking um, more like alligators but okay it was a it was a really interesting process and learned a lot and that's Ah. before you get in you know into the science of mrna and how all that works and you know it's just incredible stuff and and i think it's going to mean some really great things for the future for people um if we can just get over the political stupidity that would be great all right well i agree a hard agree on that one so i uh, I have not understood how and, and I'm not going to go on a vaccine rant here, but what is the what is the benefit for anybody of making something like a, a vaccine political? I, I don't see how it aligns with anything else. And granted, we've had the arguments against vaccinating your your kids for a while from stupid people. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't, wanna make this a, I don't want to make this. don't want to make this a rant, but stupid people. It's already a rant, yeah, and I'm and I'm insulting people. But you know, I I, I don't understand um, when when we have eight hundred now thousand people, and we can cut this out. This is fine. <laughs> How this aligns in, in in anyone's personal politics, other than through the efforts of one person and followers. But yep. yeah. So here's my thing when it comes to, like, vaccines. Um, I do want to ask one more thing, which will probably end up on the cutting room floor, but mm. I want to get this in first. Like, when it comes to the vaccines, and I and I mean, obviously, the COVID vaccines, mm-hmm. not vaccines in general, but COVID vaccines. And actually, I guess I could make this argument for vaccines in general, but, like, when you really stop and think about it, if vaccines are terrible, if they are going to melt you from the inside, and if over the long term, you know, you're... You're going to, you know, die an early death because you had a vaccine done. Do you really want to be among the population that lives? I mean, when you really <laughs> stop and think of it, and this is the same argument for like not living near city centers, um, you know, <laughs> living off the grid and like well, being a prepper. Like, if if a nuclear bomb drops. Do you really want to be a survivor? Because I've watched The Walking Dead. I'm not so sure. <laughs> So anyway, I mean, look, we can bring it back to the tech too. Like I, I get the argument against mandates. Nobody likes mandates. Nobody likes being told what to do, but at the same time I had to vaccinate my kids before they could go to school. That's just the way it is. Um, there, there are legitimate arguments to be had there. Mm -hmm. If, if people were doing every, you know, vaccines are not a cure all. They were never meant to be, and they're being presented as such. And and that's just not correct. It's another tool, you know, to wage war against this thing. Um, but but to bring it back to tech, I spent a couple minutes yesterday, actually not all that long, 
because um, I live in Florida, and Florida is Florida actually did fairly well, like rolling out vaccines to the old people first, because we have a lot of old mm-hmm. people here. That was important to do, and they did it really yeah. well. Um, made it super simple for me to like run to the grocery store and get it. Uh, I was amazed at how well that worked. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, like I'm I'm getting ready to go to CES, maybe, and I haven't you know traveled anywhere by plane in two years. But, all right, how do I prove to somebody that I've had the vaccine? The only thing I have is this paper card that, frankly, anyone could replicate in, like, five right. minutes. I have no way to get the digital record out of the public system into some digital system that I can then share with people. Not like New York yeah. or California or, or things like that. Um, the Clear app, which has also you know been used for biometrics for travel and stuff lets you like scan your card and you can manually type in the lot number and all that stuff and the dates. But at the same time, like I, do they know if what I put in there is legit? I have no idea. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, seriously. That needs to be simpler. And I, again, I understand all the privacy concerns and I understand the concerns of like forcing people to use this stuff. Those are legitimate arguments to have. Like Mm -hmm. I won't even call them arguments. Those are legitimate discussions to have. Sure. But you know, oh, there's we're, a, we're there's drifting a towards good. digital IDs now as like a secondary thing. Yeah, <laughs> which in itself is kind of scary, and is definitely going to get pushed back from uh, a segment of the population. And there's yeah. arguments to be had for both sides. I just, it's it's interesting times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I want to balance all that privacy stuff with with security, right. with ease of use. You know, Florida was supposed to be one of the first states to get the digital driver's licenses. I absolutely will never, ever, 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 ever hand over my phone to a cop, and you shouldn't either. Right. Um, But at the same time, like, it's a driver's license. I shouldn't have to, like, carry this thing that I maybe actually use, like, once a month in a wallet that I maybe actually use. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, we should be able to digitize some of this stuff and and use it easier. I think the most often I've used my driver's license is when I've had to go to my son's school to like drop things off or pick yeah. things up. Like they ask for an ID, which I still don't get. And the the last time I was there, they actually asked me for my phone number, and I'm like, "Why do you want that?" Because like I'll give it to you. I don't care. I'm just kind of curious as to like what's your reasoning behind asking for that? Because you that's know, a little weird. <laughs> on, the, on the other hand, if I have to like. If you ask me to choose between having one centralized place that has all this information and not, you know, I would I would rather none of it work than like Facebook be in control of it, mm. or, or even Google or Apple for that matter. Like blockchain, baby. Oh Jesus! You know, <laughs> I, I think Google or Apple could like find a way to make it work better and safer. Then you know, I will never trust Facebook with any of that stuff. I've right. Spent, you know, we do a lot of work calls, uh, and, and I do a lot of I, I do more work calls with this job than I did the last one for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I don't mind admitting I've been spending time over the last week like deleting old Facebook posts because they don't make it easy to do and it takes time uh, mm. while we are on these calls. So if you see me nodding and like clicking, that's actually what I'm doing. <laughs> Gotcha. Well, yeah. I mean, you know the uh, the mission statement of this podcast is Facebook is the crappy company run by terrible people. So trust me, you have an you have a sympathetic audience right now. So so you know what? But uh, Webster right. releases a what is it like a word of the year since we're on an end of the year episode, and I, I'm I yeah, really wonder it. how high blockchain is up on that list. It's got to be that is make maybe just a reminder: I, fu Facebook is actually three words. <laughs> right, right, and well, I, I have to think that MNRA will probably be mm. on that list as well. So should be. But, yeah. Although, fun fact about, and this is the last thing I want to say about MNRA, but like the fun fact is, I didn't realize that they had been developing that since like the eighties. Yep. Like it, this yeah, is they've been the, working I mean, on that for a while. 
Yeah, when, like when people say that this is like all new, it's like, no, it's not, not really. So uh, anyway, so let's uh, let's kind of move on, though. I would say one of the most significant events from this year is probably, and, you know, I, I, sorry, Phil, but um, LG departing the phone space. That's a huge like, deal. Well, right, but I mean, it's a phone thing, so oh it's, no, it's no, 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 but that's a phone thing I've been involved <laughs> with. I was showing somebody pictures the other day of the LG G5 in New York City mm-hmm. when, when Derek Kessler and I went, and we took it to to Yankee Stadium, and I'm taking some of the my favorite phone pictures I've ever taken of a phone inside Yankee Stadium. It was great. It's a huge deal. I LG bet. took me to Korea uh, my first time mm-hmm. to go hang out. How many friends yeah. did you have? Of the, <laughs> <laughs> uh, G5 friends, I should say, not the <laughs> right, LG. Oh friends. yeah, not a, not oh. a whole lot. I forgot they were called friends. Yeah. That, that without context was, was a, G, a really no, 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 random it thing to the ask. G5, it was the G4. It was the leather one. The leather one. Oh, the leather okay. one. Yeah, okay, no, yeah. I, I had an Optimus Black here. Hmm. Uh, it was a Korean Korean model Optimus Black. Uh, when I went to Korea, it was for the original Optimus G launch. Hmm. Um, wow. So, yeah, no, I. there was so, so much like, potential there. There was always yeah. so much potential there. And and especially like and I was especially and, and I, I'm pretty sure we talked about this during the episode when we talked about it. But you know I was really impressed with what LG was doing like in the last year, at last six months of its existence. Like you know putting out the velvet with the dual screen case and like I just I was totally on board with the dual screen cases from LG. I love those things. They were like they were like like half uh, 1.5 duos base is what it what it kind of boiled down to but like and the wing for like as much as it got panned i dug it like i really dug dug it in fact i've still got it on my desk here i have not put it away yet because you know i still use this to video stuff very very rarely but i still do um but yeah like it's and like you know i've often said that no one celebrated more when LG left the space than Motorola. Absolutely. Um, although yeah. TCL is probably a pretty good candidate too for <laughs> celebrating who, for who, celebrating that. Who's doing better at this point, TCL or, or Moto? Oh, Moto. Oh, it's got to be Moto. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's 100% Moto because Moto's got Lenovo behind them. Sure. And they've been doing this for more than two years. Well, Moto just dropped into the, I think, just by the uh, fact of being there, just by default became the third, I think, best-selling uh, device yeah. manufacturer. Yeah, I've heard that. Older. I heard that, too. I don't have the exact stat, but yeah, Moto has definitely climbed <laughs> within the ranks. And it's not because they're doing anything particularly well. <laughs> but, like, anecdotally, if, um, you know, my wife's, uh, one of my wife's co-workers was um, asking her to ask me, like, he was looking into getting a new phone, and he wanted to buy it outright, and he wanted to get, you know, something cheap, but fairly reliable, and on his list was the Samsung Galaxy A12, A32, and Moto G style, Moto style, Moto G stylus, Moto stylus, one of the two, and, and I had, I had asked him, I'm like, have you considered TCL? Because, you know, TCL's got got some decent options in your price range. And so, um, yeah. So, I mean, just like anecdotally speaking, Motorola is doing better than LG. It's um, interesting that, that neither one of you mentioned uh, OnePlus. And that, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't have a lot of experience with the Nord line. Um, I haven't cracked the OnePlus egg yet, as it were. But, um, you know, it's, it's, that's, a solid, that's a solid idea as well. 
Um, I don't think OnePlus. I don't. The lower end OnePluses aren't nearly as power, popular in the U.S. as unless you're on T-Mobile like or Metro. I think that's that's because yeah. uh, then they're they're practically giving them away on Metro right now. I think it's the N200 and the N20. Off the top of my head, I couldn't even tell you like what versions of the lower end OnePluses are available in the U.S. I mean, like I could probably go on Amazon and figure it out, but. Um, like just off the top of my head, because they've got the OnePlus Nord and the OnePlus Nord Two, and there's a couple well, of letter combinations those in there. Are, I think. So, like, so yeah. I think I would have a much easier time recommending to friends uh, the Nord line if if we had the same models that are available, like in the EU or the UK. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like there, there's like different variants, and so like just off OnePlus is kind of become a confusing brand and actually that's another thing that we can talk about in 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 2021 is OnePlus has really diversified its portfolio it has. and I'm not sure it's necessarily been in a good so way. So interestingly, I just saw in I believe they were press releases for some of the Oppo or Oppo uh phones that have been released in in the last few days or at least news about them that Pete Lau is now Oppo's chief product officer. So he's not even like Oh yeah! Oh, they're one hundred. I mean, they were like merged, mobile. but I didn't realize they're that basically he had been pushed the same company. Yeah. Oppo, so I really yeah, are just one... so much when we when we said that, and now they're like, "Yep, we're the same company, guys." Sorry. <laughs> right to the surprise of absolutely nobody. In fact, I, if I remember correctly, this year when they made that announcement, I believe my comment on it was OnePlus and Oppo have officially confirmed what we all knew for years yeah. um, that they're sharing resources and they're sharing personnel and they're basically the same phones all over again, which is what makes me so excited about the Oppo Find N because I really want to see a OnePlus foldable in 2022 if possible because like I've been talking with Andy over at Digital Trends and the Find N is quite nice in like nice. a lot of different ways. So, I like that it's like, sort of a, how, I, how long I, before I I well I mean I was going to say how long before I break down and get a foldable <laughs> says the guy who's only used an iPhone for the past couple of years. Um, I just I don't see it and somewhere Michael Fisher is you know throwing things at my head. Yeah, like I just don't see it. <laughs> no, um, you don't see OnePlus releasing a foldable or I don't see any? Why do I need one? There's arguments to be made. <laughs> See, um, no, no, I, no, I, I totally get it. It's, it's, it's a very, it's, it's a hard. It's one of those things. It's kind of like VR, where you kind of have to use it in order yeah. to like know what you're missing. All and right, I, on, I will buy that argument. Actually, the, and that argument works much better on me than than you might think. Yeah, and like, well, earlier this year in in May, I got the opportunity to review a, a Samsung Z Fold two because Samsung had that 100-day return window mm -hmm, thing. Mm -hmm. And so my wife let me buy it with the understanding that this is going back. Wow. So, uh, you know, I picked it up, and, you know, I basically lent Samsung $2,000 for two months. <laughs> and, um, you know, they lent me a phone. And I had a chance to use it. And, you know, despite, you know, I had some criticisms about it. And from what I understand, the Z Fold 3 and especially the Find N have kind of alleviated those those concerns, most notably that the cover screen for me is borderline useless. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's big enough to use, but it's impossible to type on and it's too tall. It's too narrow. And the Find N addresses that 100 percent. Like the Find N looks like a normal smartphone on the cover screen. So that's good. Um, the fact that the 
inside screen is fairly significantly smaller than the than the Z Fold 3 is not so awesome because I already was criticizing my main criticism for the for the for the Z Fold 2 and kind of the Z Fold 3 as well was that both screens are too small to act in the way that Samsung wants you to think about them. So, like, the cover screen is too small to act as a normal smartphone screen, and the inside screen is too small to act as a tablet. So, like, that's kind of, that was kind of my criticism of both, and the find end definitely addresses the first, maybe not so much the second. So, so here's my, my, like, state of the union wrapped up very quickly for foldables, because I, I am, I think, right now in sort of the same position that Phil is in terms of opinion. I just, I don't see that they offer much in the way of extra utility versus the tr- the the what the 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 trade-offs that you're getting like the potentially just dis- self-destructing screen and things like that having used a clamshell in in Motorola's Razer and then the Surface uh Duo line the problem honestly is the fact that Android is just not optimized for tablets uh, that too and and so even when you're using I was using those LG uh, smartphones with the the folding case, I just the utility wasn't there for me because, I mean, yes, it's nice to have as an example two app applications next to each other, so it can make me potentially, I guess, um, more productive if if I'm multitasking. But I just don't do that much on a phone, mm. and so in the end, see, I do. Hmm? Like a big part of my workflow is doing research on one mm. side and like having a document open on the other one. That's a huge part of my workflow, like in both on the podcast and to a certain extent, digital trends work as well. So, so, so then I think, you know, I could yeah. see as a person who for a clamshell, if I was female, I think it would be uh, much more advantageous because they tend to have smaller pockets in their pants. And so having the, the smaller mm-hmm. phone probably is just <laughs> i hate i hate to genderize it but it's true that's just that's just a fact well, that and and it's not it's not the fashion part of it just the utility that it is you can make well, a smaller phone and then two and having a phone that folds closed so that you can well, like sure. put it in a bag as opposed to a pocket sure. and then i you i'm know. hoping you know this is something that hopefully will be released in in the next few months released in beta is is android 12l which is supposed to be optimized for dual screen uh, devices and tablets um the problem is you still have the app the app side of it which <laughs> i don't think is ever going to be a fixed problem right. in terms of applications yeah, being optimized for tablets so there's my there's See, my things rant. haven't there's... changed that much since i <laughs> no. left the phone business <laughs> no no they haven't they haven't and you know a- apple still owns the tablet market as yep. you know and um you know and another thing that i would think that like this is more personally for me, but maybe you can comment on this too, Phil, is the, the another thing that happened this year was my eyes were opened to just how much Apple is running away in the smartwatch industry because, oh, like, yeah. I'm still I'm still wearing my Apple Watch despite the fact... Oh, you know what? I just realized I should probably take off <laughs> the other watch that I'm wearing right now because it's under embargo. Um, and I'm a bit of a hand talker, so I don't think I've done too much of that but no anyway. would have noticed if you hadn't said anything honestly yeah um but anyway so i've been i've been wearing the apple i've actually been double fisting that with the with the watch that i'm reviewing because i'm not taking off the apple watch and i think like even when my six month apple um what are we going to call this apple sabbatical no no because that's like stepping away from apple when my six month apple trial period has ended and i go back to android on my primary device i think i'm going to 
keep my iPhone as a secondary device just so I can continue using the Apple Watch. As you know, as as silly as that is, it's so good. Like, do you have an Apple Watch, Phil? I do. Wearing it right now. I, okay. And I I got it. Why did I get it? I think I got it when I started going to the gym. Um, okay. Or maybe when I started writing. I, my big 2020 pandemic event was like, like, all right, I can't go to the gym anymore, so I started riding a bike. Okay. Um, and, and I think Russell Holly had something to do with pushing me to do that, too. Um, yeah, thank so I, <laughs> Yeah. So I wanted something, and I'm not anywhere near Russell's level. Um, so I wanted something to, to track that. And and it's interesting, like, seeing people out there, because it's either... It's a, it's a whole lot of Garmin's, actually. Garmin yeah. you know, really runs, like, the, the serious athlete space. Yeah, especially um, when you're talking about, like, when you're going out and seeing other people that are running and, mm-hmm. and biking and stuff like that. I have a friend who's a runner, and he, he swears by Garmin's, like, up and down. So, even though he's also an Apple fanboy, so... And you know what? For, yeah. for as much lock-in as, as Apple Watches have, the... the you're you're able to to share so much information from the other platforms now. I mean, APIs are wonderful for that, right? That's what they're yeah. for. Um, but it's a, a testament to the programming and the, and the software engineers that have gotten things to work that well. Um, and that's a good thing. I I think you need to be able to have options. I think niche options like Garmin are really good. Um, it's odd that the big tech companies just never quite got it. Um, and that's not to say there haven't been some really good, you know, Android watches over the years. Um, you know, yeah, you can find any number of who will say the original Huawei watch was one of the best. Mm, um, yeah. and, and which is saying something for back then, because there have been a lot of really bad smartwatches. And oh, I've yeah. used a lot of really bad smartwatches. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're right. Like, Google, just, it, it was one of those things that, like, Google's like, yeah, we're going to do it. We're just not going to, you know, we'll throw some resources at it, but we're not going to get, okay, this year we're going to be serious about it, but not really. And yeah, rinse and repeat. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and I think that, I, I think the biggest limitation on smartwatches in the Android space is Android itself, because I just don't think that Android can handle the background processing that's necessary to make a really, really good smartwatch. I think like Android just likes to shut things down and like, you know, uh, oh, you're not using this. You haven't used this for like the last six minutes. All right, we're going to shut it down. That, and then like, and, yeah. and that goes back to the architecture. Um, God, I yeah. wish I remembered what episode it was of, of, uh, of Android developers backstage. If you don't listen to that podcast with Chet Haas and, and, and tour, um, it's, it's awesome. And like so much of it, I don't understand. Like it's way above my head, but there mm-hmm. was one where they were talking about just the initial days of the, of the framework and the architecture. And they said, look, you know, they focused on on the app store back then and getting as many apps as they could and the platform itself was almost secondary which is mm. why which is literally that's the reason why android phones today still require more ram they're still playing catch up from that right. um mm. you know versus apple's way more vertical integration um yeah. and and, it, and it's still fascinating to see the difference between the two um you know that extends to things like watches and i was there i was in san francisco when you know the first LG watch was announced, I forget what the second one was with it. It was LG. Was it Moto? Moto. It might have been Moto. It wasn't the 360. No, no. The 360 was announced at that first one. It was Samsung, but it didn't come out till like months later. Yeah, I don't. Maybe Moto was announced. 
Yeah, Moto was announced. There were two smartwatches that were launched, yeah. and then the Moto was announced, and I don't remember what the... Because Andrew and I LG. picked up the Moto in in Chicago either later that year or the next year. It was, it was the first time I met you, actually. It was the two oh, from yeah. LG and uh, Samsung. It was like the, the, the G-Watch, I think, from LG. Maybe, yeah. It was super but square anyway, and... Like... and, and, and spare in its design and then you had the samsung one which looked like the, a lot of their other gear stuff that they had yeah. released yeah like you know they had their chances in in the samsung gears weren't oh well i mean that said the early days of the samsung gear were awful <laughs> where it looked like a wrist strap and it had a camera the, that nobody like the, wanted and was awful the strap wart oh it was so not good <laughs> in, in the the integrated straps that you couldn't change because that's where the circuitry was like yep we've come a long way uh is the yeah. point and, it, and it's still not great out there <laughs> it isn't. And but you know what? I I hold some hope that when and if the the unicorn pixel watch ever does come, maybe there will be some tight integration between the pixel phone and the pixel watch maybe that can like kind of show everybody else this is what's possible and maybe others can build towards that. But I still Android fans have never gotten their hopes up for something that turned out to disappoint them. That has never <laughs> exactly. happened yeah. in the history of um, just and, success after and honestly, success. Just and honestly, just you know, we dodged a real bullet there. Um, but but no, I'm hoping that that can happen. But even if it did, the app support that the Apple Watch is capable of versus anything that will ever come to Android. And I say ever, meaning like very very long time. It's possible it might come. 10 years from now, but like Apple is so far ahead in so many different ways. And I think it's gotten to the point where Apple's kind of like, what else can we add to this? Because honestly, it's already really, really good. Um, you know, so like, yeah, it's, it's, um, it'll be interesting. Like, honestly, the only thing that Apple can add to the Apple watch to make it better than it is now is battery life. And the fact that you have to use an iPhone to use it. <laughs> like, wow, the, the second the thing is never going to change. The first thing right. is always going to be constrained just by physics and, you know. Yeah, and it, the thing is, it, it kind of bugs me. Like, I turned on sleep tracking about three months into Apple Watch ownership. So just a couple of weeks ago, I turned on sleep tracking and battery life just tanked after that. <laughs> like, because, like, all of a sudden the watch is like, oh, I have to be awake while you're asleep now, too? What the hell? Like, it went from two days to, like, literally barely a day. And I have it a makes Series 6, I think. And I'm, I've am i got it on from about 4.45 in the morning till it almost dies around 8 or 9 p.m. Mm, so it is okay. a one-day experience for you because you're doing oh, most yeah, of the health stuff. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, for me, it's, like, barely over a day. Like, I can probably wake up. So I meant like, shut up, Siri. Nobody's talking to you. Nobody ever talks to you. I'm at like 65% right now. This will probably get me to the end of a day. But then like, I can't even think about sleeping with it. By, by the way, we should dog cuss Siri for a second. Cause like I will, I will try to set a timer to make coffee in the morning for this. And it's always S set a, I'm not going to say the word S set a timer for four minutes, set a timer for four minutes. It's like, what did you want to say? Set a timer for four minutes. What? <laughs> Hey Google, set a timer for four minutes. Like, oh Siri, uh, Siri is an is an idiot. Like Siri, Siri is the is Siri the idiot is, is the, the smartwatch of Apple or, or the Google smartwatch of Apple <laughs> or, or some other bad man. Uh, like 
Yeah, no, yeah, Siri is absolutely terrible, and I think that came off in our in our iPhone six review just a couple couple weeks ago. Um, you know, one thing that I know that you wanted to talk to uh, talk about, Phil, and because this is kind of your 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 shtick these days is uh you know youtube and this is such a look back like two days ago or a day ago but you did want to talk about the youtube tv uh losing the disney channels and like the disney properties which is also kind of a big deal so do you want to give us like a a quick little uh primer on that it it is a big deal and, and there's a macro and a micro look to this um 2021 actually was a year of fights for youtube tv uh in the spring uh, they got into it with Roku. So, yeah, I mean, you, ha- you got to remember how all this stuff works, right? Like YouTube TV, Sling, Hulu with Light TV, for the most part, they don't actually own the content that they are distributing, right? They're just like right. anybody else. They're like Cox or Comcast, or, and they have to have the rights to distribute the shows that they show. And so every now and then, um, those contracts come up for renewal, and every now and then you'll see the crawl on the screen saying, you are about to lose your channels. If you don't want to lose your channels, call 1-800-DON'T-LOSE-YOUR-CHANNELS and tell the company you don't want to lose your channels. Those are and, very popular on Dish Network and Sling. Yeah, and every time I see that, I, I hate that so much because yeah. it's not my fault. I had nothing to do with it. Right. Like, your one job is to show me the thing that I'm paying <laughs> that for, I want whether to watch. you're YouTube or, right. or Hulu or, or whatever. And I hate being a pawn in that game. Um, so in in this case, it was, you know, in the earlier case, it was, okay, Roku and, and Google were going at it, and Roku wasn't going to be able to have the YouTube app or the YouTube TV app anymore. Um, they, finally, they finally came to a deal literally like the day before uh, that deadline in early December. And that one was weird because they were very public about it, and they were very snippy about it. And Roku, you know, publicly was trying to make it a larger Google is awful antitrust rah, 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 thing, which might well be true, but also kind of didn't have anything to do with this. Um, <laughs> and I get that there's a lot of money to be had and there are, there, there are discussions about, you know, if you sign up for this service through Roku, how much of a cut should Google get out of that? Or how much of a cut should Roku get out of that? Yeah. Um, those are all things that have to be worked out. They are nothing that I, as a consumer, have anything to do with. And full disclosure, I pay for YouTube TV. That is my streaming service of choice. I've used them all, uh, but that's the one I keep coming back to. Um, so, was it last week? YouTube TV was the first one to come out and say, "Hey, heads up!" Was it last? No, it was early this week. It was the thirteenth. Uh, you know, YouTube TV came out and said, "Hey, uh, you know, just FYI, we're in discussions with Disney." And I think we already knew that. I seem to remember CNBC talking about something back in the day. Um, and that, you know, we don't actually know what the dispute is over. It could just be money. It could just be, here's how much it's going to cost you to carry these channels. That's a relatively yeah. normal thing. Um, but I seem to remember CNBC or somebody talking about how actually it also has to do with, uh, uh, you know, the Disney bundle, uh, which is the one thing Disney has been pushing really hard in 2021. So the Disney bundle oh, yeah. uh, comprises Disney Plus, ESPN Plus, and Hulu. And all three of those are owned by Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, there's yeah. a longer story about Hulu in there, but but for all intents and purposes, Disney owns all of those things, and they've been pushing the bundle really hard oh, uh, yeah. from about mid 2020 on. They don't just want you signing up for Disney Plus. They don't just want you signing up for ESPN Plus. They want you to sign up for all three because yeah. a rising tide lifts all boats. I get that. That makes sense. Um, and actually, the Disney bundle is a pretty good deal. Mm-hmm. 14 bucks a month, you get all three oh, of those 14. services. Okay which essentially gets you three for the price of two. 
Uh, yeah. So it's it's not a bad deal. So we don't actually know what the sticking point is. Well, last night, you know, midnight December seventeenth or December eighteenth, whatever, overnight, uh, you know, we lost access to ABC. You know, your local ABC affiliate you can no longer watch on YouTube TV. You lost access to the Disney channels. You lost access to FX. And probably the big one this time of year for a lot of people is going to be the ESPN channels. Um, college football bowl games start today, December you know 18th or 19th, maybe tomorrow. That is not a coincidence. Yeah, no, it's absolutely not a coincidence. There are 44 bowl games between now and the national championship game. All but like two or three are on either ABC or ESPN. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, it's not a coincidence. And it's a really big deal. YouTube TV is probably the second largest live, I call them live TV streaming service, for want yeah. of a better term, uh, in the United States. Hulu with live TV has 4 million subscribers as of November. YouTube TV hasn't given an update since October 2020 uh, when it said it had more than 3 million. And that's as specific as they get. They don't actually give real numbers in their earnings calls like practically everybody else does. Right. Uh, Sling has, I think it's either 2.1 or 2.3 million. So, you know, chances are YouTube TV is number two. I think if they were number one, they would have said so. Mm. Uh, I certainly would have if I were them. So, yeah, it's a big deal. It's a, it's a lot of people, and, and it's a really good service. I mean, there's a reason why I pay for it, because and, and I mm-hmm. think it works really well and you know has unlimited DVR, which I still think is hilarious to say you're recording something. Unparalleled, uh, one yeah, might Unparalleled, say. they say. But yeah, so it, it, it got shut down. And you know this is not the first time we've seen it happen. Um, customers are caught in the middle, and that's the part that really kills me. Because um, you know the, the more than 3 million subscribers, they didn't do anything to deserve this. Like, right. YouTube TV's one job is to show you the channels. In fact, I would go so far, and I need to write something on this. Like, the FCC should not allow streaming services to cut off access to your local broadcast affiliate. Absolutely. Agreed. Well, that just well, shouldn't yeah. happen. Yeah. That's true. I mean, they can make an argument that okay, it's av- it's available with a digital tuner, and but yeah, sure. And I have one of those as backup, and they're right. great. I, but a lot of people, yeah. It, it's interesting um, how how much things have changed in the time that I have been using a streaming service like a like a YouTube TV. I am also a YouTube TV subscriber, um, and what I mean by that is, you know, like like you'd mentioned previously, this 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 is not a, a new game. This has been played. I mean, you've seen the scrolling. Warnings on on Directv and Dish and Dish and and even I'm sure cable providers, um, but uh, I work with several people who are YouTube TV subscribers, and it's the first time that non techies have actually come to me and started talking about this and talking about mm. the world of, of streaming content and how that promise of where everything was once. Uh, Sort of disparate and all over the place. Now everything has become consolidated and purchased by uh, the people who are also uh, uh, making the content, and it's just it's a weird situation. And and so I think everybody's dream, even non techies, was to have that like all cart situation where you could mm-hmm. just pick and choose the programming, and it hasn't happened Never at all. Happen. It's just gone yeah. back almost to that same model. And and it was just I was sitting at lunch with people at work who, and it's also as an aside, interesting how many people are using. A service like uh, like uh, YouTube TV or uh, its competitors, and uh, instead it's it's 
it's I think especially for people under the age of thirty, it's their primary. Uh, if yeah. they're if they're purchasing yeah. it, it all, <laughs> and not to pick on YouTube TV here, Hulu had the same problem. Hulu mm-hmm. and Live TV lost the Viacom CBS channels about this mm-hmm. time last year, right before mm-hmm. the Super Bowl. Right. That's right. a big deal. And, and you know what's what's funny is like, and and uh, Cliff, I, I don't know if you have more to say, so definitely feel free to readdress this. But what 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 I always find funny about all of this is. When it comes to like streaming TV and just TV broadcasts in general, it's astounding to me the amount of power that live sports has around all of this. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you know, I mentioned before, like the Dish Network. Dish Network used to go through this all the time. And they always went through it right before um, uh, NCAA in mm-hmm. March, like March Madness. It was like every February we would start getting crawls saying, you're going to lose your, your live basketball coverage next month. And I want to say there was like, Two years in a row, three years in a row that we had that same crawl, like right right before March Madness started. And it was kind of funny because like at the time that was Viacom and CBS. And like at the time, that's all we watched. Like literally Channel 2 was everything that we watched. It was CSI. It was NCIS. It was um, all the different CSI and NCIS affiliates that we or uh, spinoffs that we watched. I, I think the... Uh... The most unfortunate thing is like what Phil was saying before is that we as the subscribers are sort of like the children of parents that are getting divorced. We're put in the middle and yep. then you're you're asked to side with one or the other. Well, something I can tell you, and this is also tying in with what you were saying, Adam, it's all about the sports. So let me tell you, the subscribers are 99.9% of the time going to go with where the content is going to. All these people that I were talking yeah. that I that I was talking to at lunch were saying and it was it was all about ESPN. I guess I'm gonna have to go to Hulu Live TV. That was actually what people said. And it's not that they the, want the to. The good news, if there's good news to be had here, is that it it is more simple than ever to switch streaming mm-hmm. services. That's important. Oh yeah. I, I yeah. think anything you sign up for digitally online, you should be able to cancel just as easily. Uh, I used to rail against my local newspaper about that. I was able to, you know, sign up online. I had to wait on a phone for forty-five minutes, literally forty-five minutes. I was in an airport on hold trying to cancel mm-hmm. it. Um, that's gotten better, but thank goodness. Uh, it, it's really easy to switch streaming services. Free trials are important. That's a great mm-hmm. thing. Um, the Roku YouTube TV flap was a little different because you know that involves swapping hardware. Like if you, yeah, if, if they had lost YouTube or YouTube TV, and you just have to have that. Um, you know, suddenly you're going to go have to buy new hardware. hardware. Yeah, and, yeah, and that's not difficult, but it's not as easy as just you know creating a new login. Um, yeah, I get that. So it's it's interesting. I don't I don't know what's going to solve this. Uh, I don't know that it's going to get any better, and we're just going to continue to see it happen. And we're the pawns. You know that that's the one thing that's keeping like cable channels in business like that's the reason why people still have cable cable packages and not streaming packages is because of the live sports like i'm not okay with the fact that i can no longer watch cubs cubs games or blackhawks games because unlike you guys i don't have a t a live tv streaming service i do not have a youtube tv or a hulu tv i watch everything on netflix and hulu and you know whatever i can stream but live sports hurts like it really does not have not having that, and I would happily hand over 150 bucks a, a year for all of the baseball right. games, and 150 bucks a year for all of the hockey games. Without, I wouldn't even have to think about it. 
But unfortunately, that means that the cable companies, the, the, the ones that are actually, you know, providing this content are going to lose out on that potential like monthly mm -hmm. subscription. And that's why they won't do it. And you know what? ESPN Plus is really good. Like there's a lot of stuff I watch on there that you can't get anywhere else, but it's just not the same. And it doesn't have the same reach, and it, it, it's not nearly the same amount of, uh, of digits and dollar signs as you get with these traditional deals. It, every time, you, every time you, someone says ESPN+, Plus, I automatically think of ESPN8, the Ocho. The Ocho. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is so weird right now. I, I, just, I feel like we're, as content consumers, in a very weird place because we're going through a lot of the same things. It's like I said... It, it's just like the content shifted to a new pipe, but you still have things that are like the vestigial pinky of the old way of doing things like blackout <laughs> dates for markets. How, how funny is that? It's just, I, I look forward to a, a day when this all gets worked out and hopefully to me, the solution has to be in the same way we're talking to ta that, that uh, the government is talking about. So breaking up certain parts of um, big tech uh, content creator, you know, the, like, like a, like a, Facebook or even someone like a Google and Apple separating the content from the rest of the company or separating services because I don't see any other way that that's it's going to change and then maybe the FCC actually <laughs> stopping pretending like it's 1998 and the way that they think Just about too things. much money I would say money. 1898 but yeah basically yeah, there's just there's just too much money involved. Mm. And I've been railing against the draconian broadcast policies of baseball that like were developed literally in the 1940s and have not changed since. I've been railing against that for decades at this point. So like cuz it's just so dumb. Um but I guess that's one thing that we can look forward to in the future. Um getting getting fixed because for now it doesn't look like that's going to be fixed anytime soon. So, uh, Phil, can you give us like one last update? Like, do we know anything about these negotiations? How long is YouTube TV going to be losing Disney, or are we just just kind of a wait and see at this point? Wait and see. Um, I have a feeling as we get closer to the important bowl games, things might change. Um, mm. You know, with all due respect to to <laughs> teams and fans of the earlier games that nobody cares about. That's that's the way it works, right? Hey, are you are you disparaging the Cauliflower Bowl? Absolutely not, uh, especially because okay. my Florida Gators uh, aren't as far into the postseason as... I don't even it. know if there is a Cauliflower Bowl. I'll be honest with <laughs> There might be. <laughs> there is a, I think there's a Crypto.com Bowl. Um, there oh, are nice. Some there are some ridiculous names. Uh, hang on, i got to look it up real quick. Because it's it's funnier and funnier every year is these you know startups and just charlatans you know start tail tail greeter cure bowl I don't even know what that is <laughs> roofclaim.com nice. bowl cricket celebration oh that that's what it was pubg mobile New Mexico bowl pubg mobile yeah wait wait but wait let's let's break that one down pubg what yep. mobile yeah pubg mobile. <laughs> and and then, yeah. like, what was after that? Mex, Me did I New hear Mexico, Mexico in there? Me PUBG Mobile, New Mexico Bowl. I, I assume they're playing at New Mexico. Oh, uh, okay, all right. Yeah. yeah, the Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, that's amazing. Famous Idaho Potato Bowl. <laughs> I'm just saying, Stephen Colbert never has to tropical sponsor a smoothie bowl. cafe Frisco Bowl. <laughs> oh, this is it, amazing. That reminds so, me of of certain sports slash entertainment arena is like i think uh staples center in la just changed to crypto.com crypto. <laughs> yeah 
Yeah. Or we should Smoothie King Center in New Orleans in New Orleans. <laughs> the Duke's should... Mayo Bowl, which is in you know, yes. it's North Carolina versus South Carolina, which is perfect. Like that's on brand. That's perfect. I think uh, the I think the actually the title of this podcast is gonna be the Doubting Thomas Yearly Recap Bowl. Yeah, it should be. <laughs> uh, no, we get we gotta wait and see. Um, Will we get sued <laughs> if we do that? Not by me. With halftime entertainment okay. from Phil Nickinson. <laughs> there you go. Well, I, I was going to say the halftime entertainment. Watch him delete like... his old Facebook post during halftime, <laughs> which I'm absolutely doing right now while we're talking. So nice. Oh, okay. Yeah. The yeah the fa- the uh, the family running across in the background has been quite quite entertaining. So that's uh, that's as fun. long as they were I, wearing pants. They were wearing pants. This is definitely a PG-13 uh, video podcast, but that's okay because we're about to go ahead and wrap things up. So Phil, if you can. Uh, so okay, so I've got I've got a list here of like the more significant things that happened to this podcast, and we should probably end with that. So uh, Cliff or Phil, I'm going to read off the headline, and if either of you has like 15 seconds of, of, to say about it, jump in. I otherwise, I, I will. In. So uh, you no buzzing, <laughs> but yeah, just you know. Start talking. That's fine. So in January, Samsung Galaxy S21 Ultra. So okay, I'll I'll go. It's it was arguably the best camera experience that you can get on a phone today, even up through December of 2021. So that's still you know the 10x zoom. I love it, and I'm looking forward to the Samsung Galaxy S22 Note, which will replace the Ultra next year i still want to so, know when samsung started naming phones like lg like samsung used to do it right and they at some point they said nope we're gonna make it complicated yeah well you know uh and speaking of complicated phone names february sony xperia 5 mark ii cliff i know you own that phone i do for a while. i'm probably gonna sell it in the next <laughs> uh, i'll say what i what i like about that phone and it is what I, I think I like about uh, Sony's hardware choices in general over the last few years, which is that I think it's a twenty-one-nine aspect ratio, something like that. It's 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 very yeah, it's narrow. Yeah, it's a Hershey bar phone. And so even if you do have a big phone, it's it's it handles very nicely, especially with this sort of slab sided design too. So, I mean, yet yeah, the camera's nice. Sony's hardware is, is a they make pretty minimal changes to Android on top of it, which is usually a good thing. But yeah, that to me that's the big thing with. Any of Sony's newest hardware is, is just, I really like that aspect ratio. Nice. Also in February, Perseverance and Ingenuity. You got any thoughts there, Phil? I try to avoid doing either one of those things on a daily basis. <laughs> yeah, um, no, that's fair. No, I, I believe you're talking about Mars, and that's a pretty big deal. Yes. It's pretty awesome. Um, I watched that when it happened, and I don't mind saying that like that sort of thing brings me to tears. Um, I'm a oh, yeah? nearly 43-year-old white man, and that's how you get me to cry. I was um, emotional. Yeah, it's it it is. It's 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 an incredible thing from you know bringing all sorts of people together. Um, I I love anything and all things space. Even though we got plenty of problems to fix here, that sort of thing just gets me. If you haven't watched the uh, the SpaceX documentary on Netflix, go watch it. Uh, oh I, I, yeah, I was surprised at how good that was and, and the people involved and and you know for all the eye rolling we want to do it like space tourism like that. That's not what that was. That was really cool. I noticed Am- yeah, Amazon that's... actually has their own competition up at which is William Shatner in space. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that's true. That's true. And actually, you're gonna you're gonna make me add something to my list. Uh, but anyway, um, all right. So March uh, in March, the OnePlus Nine series shaking off the bad camera reputation. Now, I'm gonna throw a shout out to Android Central, who 
um, lent me their, or I should say, just flat out gave me the OnePlus Nine, uh, OnePlus Nine Pro for me to use as a review device on this podcast. So a shout out to Daniel Bader, shout out to Android Central in general. And speaking of uh, moves made in twenty twenty one, Daniel, I hope you're doing very well at your new uh, your new gig over at uh, all the Androids. What's the What's the parent company? Valnet. 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 That's right. So it's actually we have uh, some sort of partnership with through digital trends so should just oh we do disclose it. i don't even know you what know, it is but yeah we do i you know i heard something about that the other day and i i, I think we were doing like our town hall or something and they yeah. were talking about they were talking about valnet and i'm like wait a minute that name sounds familiar why do i know, why do i know that i thought that was but, on our enemies list but apparently it's not so yeah all right later we love you again Yep, yep. Uh, and then uh, April, we already talked about So Long LG, so we'll uh, we'll just let that one hang. Um, Z Fold 2, we already talked about that in May, so we're going to let that one hang. Google and Samsung working together on Wear OS. That came out in, actually that was more end of May and June. Oh, and by the way, funny sidebar. When I was going through the uh, the shows, like you know, I was going kind of like recapping my memory as like to what happened over the year. I came across May, and there were only like two shows in May. I'm like, what the hell's going on here? Did I like forget to post stuff? I totally forgot that the podcast went on hiatus in May <laughs> because I was starting that because I was starting the new gig over at LifeWire. So um, I, I put the podcast on hiatus for a month during the month of May. So we only had two episodes, and I couldn't remember why. <laughs> so I was like surprised. Because- so. 2021 has been both the shortest and longest year ever. I know, I know. So anyway, um, so yeah, Google and Samsung working together on Wear OS. I think a lot of people initially thought that that was a really positive thing, but I'm fairly convinced it was a desperation move. Yeah, I think it can be both. Ab- absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> a little bit um, of little bit of column A, little bit of column I'm B. I'm just a little uh, uh, disconcerted that you know the, the only hardware we've seen release with. Wear OS three on it is 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 the hardware from Samsung. I mean, we were supposed to see at some point something from the Fossil Group, and and uh, I know uh, Mobboy was or whatever Mobboy is called now is this was supposed to. But anyway, it's just a little uh, still called Mobboy. Still called Mobboy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just a little odd that you know we had this this heralded like you know mashup of of Wear OS and and, and Samsung stuff and. You know, I think they actually were on the same the stage at the same time together, and the only thing we've seen is something from Samsung, and that's it. I don't know if they had like a exclusive exclusivity on it. I right. mean, that very yeah. well could be. It's just it's it's interesting. That's all I have to say. It is. It is. Uh, July. Uh, we had the TCL twenty series, which I mean, we can touch on briefly. I mean, we actually already talked about TCL a little bit earlier in the show, but uh, I just realized that this also happened in July. Was the Branson and Bezos dick waving contest, which was hilarious to watch, and arguably, I think my best joke of the year was uh, when I when I said that uh, Jeff Bezos was launching his. Rocket on July 20th in honor of the 40th anniversary of the uh, Apollo moon landing. And David Branson was launching his rocket on the July 11th in the 0th anniversary of fuck you, Jeff Bezos. (laughs) (laughs) Best joke of the year. I love that one. I I still laugh about that uh, these days. And you know what? You know what I think is the... Right, exactly. Somebody has to. And it's usually me and I'm okay with that. Um, but the, uh, I think honestly, the biggest thing to come out of that is while 
these two billionaires were out waving their space dicks all over the place. Elon Musk is still just getting shit done in space. Like he's he's just like, oh, you want to send people like up for a a roadside attraction up into space? Like, cool. I'm gonna be launching satellites tomorrow, so you guys have fun and you know come tell Ma- come tell Daddy when you're done, so we can. You know, yeah, you know, so we can actually busy you know, clouding up our, our night sky view and sending confusing tweets. That is a different conversation, but a very a, a concerning one. I, I would I'd be lying if I said it wasn't. So um, August, we had the Galaxy Z Fold 3 and the Z Flip 3. And of those two phones, I'm still convinced that the Flip 3 is the more significant of those two devices. Because that thing is selling like that that thing is like crazy selling and i think a a lot of people are kind of getting the idea that foldables can be a thing and they don't have to cost you know the price of a small child so i mean it's still a thousand dollars that's a lot for a phone it's just not historically a lot for a foldable yeah but that's about what small children are going that's true that's true that is true um but it's a lot for a it's is it a lot for a phone though because the OnePlus 9 that's $1000 the iPhone 13 well, Pro is $1000 maybe not for the Samsung Galaxy S S21 Plus is $1000 i don't think $1000 is necessarily a lot for it's a lot for a phone don't get me wrong but like it's in the conversation with other you know i mean if you want to know just, just go and ask your wife if you can spend $1000 on a phone actually your wife no, would probably know say the okay that is. <laughs> My wife? No, I just wouldn't ask. But anyway, uh, <laughs> so I've, I, I told you, I've gotten to the point of saturation where my wife just doesn't even ask anymore. <laughs> she, she just assumes someone sent it to me. And that's a great thing to, uh, that's a great thing to have. Uh, let's see. So speaking of the iPhone, in September, we got the iPhone launch. Hey, I was having this conversation with people yesterday. Remind me, all four iPhones launched at the same time this year, right? We didn't have to wait for the Mini and the Max this year, right? They launched at the same time. Availability was a little different. Yeah, I think I was it a little I think different. The regular, not a lot. The regular thirteen but... was out like two weeks before the Pro and Pro Max, right? Yeah. Something okay, because like I'm. I remember last year it was like a month. They were a month apart, and that's the reason why I got the twelve Pro as opposed to the twelve Pro Max was because I didn't want to wait an extra month. So. Um, but this year, I could have sworn that they were they were much closer together. Um, and <laughs> beyond that, and it's kind of funny that we're bringing up the twelve and the thirteen in the same conversation because they are basically the same phone. Um, only the thir- the the thirteen is a little bit less pretty with the with the with the different blue Sierra blue as opposed to Pacific blue. Man, I miss that Pacific blue. I really wish they had the Pacific blue again this year, but. Anyway, um, and then I will say in October the more the most significant phone launch of the year, the Pixel Six. I'm still I'm still very very impressed with the Pixel Six, and um, you know, uh, come at me. I mean, if if you want to fight me on this, but I'm going to say the Pixel Six is is arguably the best bargain oh, in the in the absolutely in the mm-hmm. uh, smartphone space, and therefore it is one of the most significant phones of the year. Also. You're able to hang it on many things. You are able to hang it on that's many a, things. I'm a little mad. I, I'm a little mad that I kind of gave that concept to LifeWire, and I don't think they ever did anything <laughs> with it. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, hashtag hanging with Pixel Six. 
Um, and then November, the metaverse cometh. So how do we, how are we feeling about that? <laughs> I'm interested to hear what Phil says on this. <laughs> I don't think Phil's interested in what Phil says on this. Stop it. He's... <laughs> <laughs> he he had to stop deleting Facebook posts long enough to, <laughs> to make a comment on on how he's not looking forward to. I uh, saw Facebook's somebody yesterday metaverse. retweeted uh, a story about how Boeing is going to design its next airplane in the metaverse and just mm. stop it. Like the parents are now metaversing it all. Up. Just stop. It's ridiculous. Oh God, really? I, That's um, I think it's really yeah. funny that that and perhaps the name metaverse is is new. But I mean, does anybody remember Second Life? This, it's, it's not yeah. that new of a concept. Has anyone seen Lawnmower Man? Not that new of a concept. It reminds me of like when my dad discovered Walkmans, <laughs> and he always called it a Walkman. Like, I get I get that same sort of cringy feeling. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, and what did I re- I read an article the other day uh, about how Sweden was the first country to open an embassy in Second Life. <laughs> That I thought that Swedish was. Uh, I thought that was interesting. Was it also the last country to do so? <laughs> I believe so. Yes, actually. Um, oh. but, uh, all right. Well, you know what? That's the year. We're not going to talk about December because we had a whole show talking about December. One thing we uh, haven't talked about, and, and frankly, you could make a whole show on its own about this, but I think it's worth yeah. mentioning real quick: is electric cars this year. Mm. Um, oh, that's true. It's it's yeah. sort of sort of slow going, but not really. But, you know, look at the Mustang Mach E. Look at the VW ID four. Um, Hyundai just oh, finally iconic. started letting kids drive. When I say kids, I mean YouTubers. Yeah. Uh, drive the Ionic, the Ionic 5. Five is just I, gorgeous. I oh, yeah, I can't decide. If I'm gonna wait for that or like the sedan. Mm. Uh, uh, the Rivian came out this yeah, year. Rivian, yeah, yeah, on a much more expensive scale. Um, right, but also argue from everything I've heard, it's the best. It's the best pickup. Not only is yeah. it the best EV of the year, it's the best pickup truck of the year. Lucid Air, mm. um, again, in another tax yeah, bracket. In the, the like, really impressive stuff. Pla- it's in important. the Model S Plaid tax bracket. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it, but it is impressive. Yeah, speaking of dumb things and, and steering wheels. Oh, my God. <laughs> the yoke. I was also, I, I was actually, we've been, we've been contemplating buying a new car, and I had the Ford Maverick on my, on my radar because it's a, it's a hybrid. It's a hybrid EV, but it gets like 40 miles to the gallon. It's a pickup truck, and it starts at 20 grand. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, that's, uh, that's a combination that's kind of hard to, uh, to not talk about. But um, actually, spoiler alert, I was just talking with a, uh, with a PR person, and there will be some EV talk. Um, in early 2022, nice. so um, yeah, so we're got, we've got a couple of things to uh, to chat about there. But yeah, you're right. There was a very significant, um, I would say, explosion in the EV space, and uh, not to mention it was 2021 the year where we started seeing laws where like no new gas stations are going to be put in in like various towns. Um, because of EVs and also, like, am I wrong or did the EU say that they weren't going to sell any gas cars after as of like 2030? Yeah, 2030. Or something mm. like that. Was that this year that that came out or was it last year? I don't remember. Time has doesn't, no meaning. doesn't matter. It's still a shift in the right direction. It is. For sure. Right. I, right. Well, and, I think that is that yeah. what you mentioned about uh, the gas station situation is, is at least one in, in one part to solve the biggest problem with electric vehicles, which is infrastructure. And even within yeah. that, the fact that we really don't have a standardized um, port, like a charging port, like you've got Teslas and then some other companies have their own. And yes, you can use an adapter, but so that was really positive to see that uh, Tesla's finally opening up the supercharger network to 
non-Tesla EVs. Yeah, I definitely want to see more of that. And like like Phil said, I think it's really awesome that you're finally seeing some competition in our market. And, and it's not all in that like super high price bracket. You're actually getting relatively affordable vehicles starting with the Model 3, and then it's just kind of trickling down from there with like the stuff from... Mm-hmm. Uh, Hyundai and Kia, for an example, with those those twin vehicles. So yeah, it it is an exciting time. Um, I think the most significant yep. electric vehicle, especially for adoption, is probably the Ford F one fifty Lightning. Yeah, yeah, true, very true, very true. So all right, um, yeah, we kind of threw this in at the end there, and I know mm. Phil's got a hard stop, so we got to go ahead and wrap things up. So Phil. Um, go ahead and take uh, a minute and let everybody know how they can find you on the internets. You can't. So they can I told you, awesome I am deleting Facebook myself deleted. from all the things right now. Um, Phil Nickinson on Twitter and Insta and all that stuff. So, okay. All right. Pretty cool. easy. I'm a DT with, you know, all the other AC refugees. <laughs> Actually, it's not well, that see, many of us, but. Yeah, well, uh, no, I, I like to think of it as like, um, you know, it's it's kind of like a baseball thing where we're just we're just trading players back and forth is is kind of how it works out. And you know, some of us are the Yankees, some of us are the Athletics. And we're not going to make any judgments, but <laughs> I'm say who's who. Yeah, <laughs> but we're just uh, yeah. So it's it's uh, it's pretty cool that I'm uh, I'm hanging with all my AC buds over at uh, DT these days. So, so but a um, little bit of uh, cool, a little bit of uh, Nickinson trivia. Did you know his? His first name is not Philip, but it's Phillips. I did actually. That's not true either. Oh, it's not. No, I no. know it's. I know it's something else. <laughs> yes, but he's not saying what it is. My full name is Edward Phillips Nickinson. Ah. I could not be more white. <laughs> Edward Phil. Wow, yes. that's that is that is impressively that is impressively white. The fourth, no yes. doubt. Do you have a fifth? Or we do no? not have a fifth. I had two daughters. That was actually oh. my grandfather died a couple years ago, and. Uh, and I, I gave a eulogy, and, and mm-hmm. that's how I opened it. I, I, I stood up there and looked at all these people who knew four generations of my family, and I said, I'm Edward Phillips Nickinson the fourth. There will not be a fifth. And you could see like, the look of relief over all their faces. It was great. I would say the uh, the two most relieved faces in that crowd were probably those of your daughters. Um, <laughs> and my wife, yes. And your wife. All right, so let's go ahead and wrap things up so Phil can get out the door. Uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in uh, for, this, uh, for this broadcast, for this podcast, for this year. This is going to be the last episode of the year. The show is officially on hiatus as of when this ends and it will be back sometime after CES. I don't know when. So uh, might be the week after might be the two weeks after we'll just have to see, but uh, that will begin season three of the benefit of the doubt podcast. But for now, I would like to thank everybody for listening and for giving us the benefit of the doubt. I have to ask, like, is season three where we add like the cute little kid to the the cast? No. Just no, <laughs> because ratings. they age too fast. Oh, yeah, they age too fast because you can't it's keep true. them as a kid for too long. Well, you did add a puppy, like a new dog, so there's your new cast member.
I could. Yeah, I could. I could bring my puppy in. Yeah, then we could, <laughs> we could do some puppy integration for sure. 